salutations, everyone out there, and welcome to another fun-filled installment of the One Shot Podcast, where I'm talking about anything nerdy and geeky that is of a high interest, where I'm willing to dish out the information to you. Uh, here in particular, with this podcast, with the ongoing um, final, f- the full release of Infinity Wars, which, by the way, that trailer is amazing, I wanted to kind of brush up on what i saw in the trailer which was iron man's brand new armor now i was kind of thinking to myself where did the origin of that armor come from uh how did it come to be because if you say if you see real closely in that trailer you see the armor on a very small scale come out of nowhere and then just cover tony stark's body in particular to that I decided to do some research on that and see exactly where its base origins had uh, had come from. Um, And I was actually very intrigued with what I found. Um, The two armors that I've looked into via the comics, and one in particular with these comics, I have the full series. Um, And those armors, which the one in this in this trailer it's called the bleeding edge armor but the bleeding edge armor i was actually um an upgraded model from its original which is the uh extremist armor um now with that particular armor its origins is the i believe the invincible iron man uh oh iron man volume four issue number five um, that armor in particular has some ties in with Iron Man 3. Now in Iron Man 3, as most of us all know, there was a, um, there was a particular person that wanted to revolutionize the human race with this special, specialized virus. Um, in the comics though, it's the same concept except, um, I believe the character who steals it named Mullen or Muller. He steals the extremist virus and injects himself with it, and he basically becomes superhuman, uh, a superhuman killing machine, which, uh, you know, superhuman speed, strength, um, actually has laser eyes, which surprised me when I was reading the comic, which, by the way, this, that six-part issue series, the art in it is amazing. Now, going into that even furthermore, Iron Man before had faced this particular character and tried to stop him, but because of the extremist armor giving him all the speed and the strength, he couldn't keep up with him. His armor could only take so much damage. This guy's literally, he was stronger than Iron Man, faster than Iron Man, and could dish out more damage. So in that case, Iron Man was injured, and because of it, he figured, why not give the extremists a try for himself so with him being injured the way he was he went off and had someone um, a friend of his inject the extremist armor into him granted if i remember right he made some changes to the uh, genetic code or the structure of this virus it's like a techno virus um once he emerged from having the extremists finally going through and accepting the, the new host body he was then able to, um, he can well, he can control his armor from the inside, um, so it basically just kind of comes out through the pores, 
and covers his body. Now, it's not like most armors where it has servos and um, other little tidbits that help him move the armor. It's all nano-based. So there's one layer which acts like muscles, which helps him move the armor around. And then there's the armor itself. Now, because of extraness in the way it is, in the uh, how it, it it fed off of the reactor in his chest, he had uh, near invulnerability, which then is passed along to his uh, bleeding edge armor. Uh, but not only that, he had access to satellites. So even if uh, he couldn't get the information that he could get there, he could tap into any satellite and get the information from there. Not only that, he can use this newfound skill to uh, contact and remotely operate any armor that he has in his arsenal. So, once again, going back to Iron Man 3, that's exactly what he did, but minus the extraness um, capabilities, which he didn't have. Now, with this extraness armor that he had, that he was able to uh, use for himself, it, it really helped him out with a lot of things until they, um, I would, well, if I remember right, it was a scroll, uh, the scroll queen or main scroll leader injected him with a, uh, a different virus that would counteract with the extremist armor, which basically made it inoperable. So he couldn't contact, he couldn't summon up his armor and do what he needed to do. Now, with that being said, and when I read into this, it was really, really, really intriguing. He then tapped into his own mind, erased all of his current memories, and then uploaded his older memories. And uh, with him doing this, he then was able to upgrade and enhance his armor and made it into what we, what I've been talking about, the Extremis armor. Um, the Extremis armor has a lot more capabilities and powers than, than the Extremis armor. Um, case in example, uh, he was able, with the extremist armor, he had the ability to, uh, travel through time, thanks to Dr. Doom's time machine. He had shields, repulsor, um, rays, both from chest, arms, um, and with the extremist armor, he was able to, uh, basically see in a 360 view, thanks to, like, seeing cameras and, and everything that was built into said armor. Now, the same thing goes into play with um, with the uh, extremist armor, or with the bleeding edge armor, sorry, which this, that's um, its first concept, or its first appearance, was an Invincible Iron Man issue number 25. Now, the bleeding edge armor is uh, model number 37, by the way, um, extremist model number 29, uh, was made by Tony Stark and Hank Pym because of the, of course, he deals with microtechnology. Of course, he also has the ability to shrink and contact or communicate with ants. Um, the suit, of course, like I said, is in the body. But with this upgrade, he can make it into whatever he wanted. Uh, of course, the armor itself, the clothes, um, whatever, whatever else he could think about that he needed at that that uh, point in time. Um, it purely ran off of repulsor of uh, repulsor technology or his new reactor in or his new uh, arc reactor in his chest which once again made him nearly invulnerable was able to 
creates shields, his repulsor rays were a lot stronger. Uh, he could take a hit from a howitzer shell. Um, I can't remember the full aspect or the, the ranking on how damaging that shell is, but from what I can briefly remember, is it's pretty strong. And the fact that he can take a hit from one of those is very impressive. His other armors, he probably wouldn't have feared, or fared so well. Now, going into the Extremis armor, he was then able to upgrade it by um, going into Asgard. He was helping out with Asgard um, with a certain situation down there. And with him able to uh, gain access to the forges that they had somewhere in that particular realm, yeah, he was able to upgrade the armor known as the Iron Destroyer. Now, the Iron Destroyer, if you remember, the guardian of uh, Asgard, or just their main lead protector, which is just this huge case of armor that had a burning fire within it that launched uh, uh, specialized like heat blasts that caused a lot of damage, on top of it being very durable and uh, able to... Uh, I think outlift the Hulk almost, but not entirely. But this iron, this 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 specialized suit could do it all. Now with Tony Stark making these upgrades to said armor, he was able to uh, he was actually able to go and do a lot more. His his tech was uh, upgraded by the Uru. Uh, uh, what was it? The the Uru systems. There we go as well as their weaponry. So he was able to hold his own and fight these these uh, creatures in this realm. Now, of course, after he was able to... Uh, help, uh, after everything was said and done, he then downgraded the armor to where it was before the Bleeding Edge and then took all... you know, took the weaponry all off and sent it to, uh, to, the, to the mills. Now, in talking about his new arc reactor, his arc reactor actually helped him out with quite a few things. Uh, one in particular, he uh, had a heightened state of intelligence, and he can actually uh, solve problems a lot faster. So Tony Stark, in a sense, right now has become a supercomputer, um, a bio supercomputer. I'll say that because that seems a lot more uh, suitable for what I'm talking about, and. Uh, with all that being said, I mean, this Bleeding Edge armor in Infinity Wars, I would like to see exactly what it does and what it's capable of. Um, now, if I remember right, yeah, if I said it was in a bracelet, yeah, it's a bracelet. Um, as, a, as opposed to, to it being within his body. Which would have been decent, but because, you know, it's Marvel and, you know, they kind of want to make it more suitable for everyone... And of course, for the comic book fans out there, of course, there's going to be some subtle changes in anything that you come across. But overall, I, I, I love the design of this armor. It looks truly like it can hold its own against Thanos. But with Thanos uh, trying to find all the Infinity Gems, it's hopefully it will prove its worth. And possibly, maybe, we could see some of these, these qualities of this armor that uh that he created 
for the special capabilities it has. You know, will he be able to uh, access satellites from his suit? Will he be able to uh, will he see the damage heal itself with this armor because of this new reactor? It's it's there's so many possibilities with this. It's ridiculous, and I can't wait to see exactly how they're gonna how this all plays out. So, in summation, this new bleeding edge armor, base origin was it's really cool. Uh, kind of was wishing that it'd be an Iron Man three, but you know, I'm not all too worried about that. And with that being said, this is One Sharp Podcast coming at you with some new information about what's going on in the Marvel Universe and everything else that I can come up with. Um, with that, everyone, you all have a great day. Excelsior!